your pet peeves, your bugbears, the things in running that drive you up the wall. This week on Irishman Running Abroad with the GOAT, Sonia O'Sullivan, we are giving you the opportunity to get them off your chest, to talk about them in a safe place among people who get it and understand that these things, while small and innocuous to others, can completely melt your head when you're out on a run or, like me, trying to get your head together 39 days from the London Marathon on April 23rd. This won't be a whinge fest, though. We're going to try and find some answers for as many of them as possible. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Sonia, how are things down under? So good. I'm still in Sydney, which is, um, it's always a bit different up here to Melbourne and you kind of forget it sometimes that it always looks warmer up there. But then when you get here and it's a lot warmer, but that doesn't mean that it's sunny and warm. Um, It's always very humid up here. So when you go for a run in humidity, that's something that really gets me. It makes running, I was nearly going to say twice as hard, but maybe it is twice as hard. You get the sense of the feeling that you get when you train at altitude sometimes, that you're just, you're trying to run at the same level because your body knows how to do that and you instinctively fall into the muscle memory running at the same pace that you would normally do. But the humidity kind of catches up to you every now and then and probably because you're just losing so much water, fluids and salt and minerals. You know, you're just sweating so much and you end like, your clothes are drenched when you come home. You're squeezing everything out. It's like you've been for a swim. That's <laughs> <laughs> gross. Absolutely. And you, you're obviously in training for Cove. How is that going? I mean, what, what are we, three weeks away? Yeah, less than three weeks away. So the time is ticking by fast. And uh, yeah, the, the runners are signing up, which is great to see. And uh, the countdown is, is definitely on. I think people are going to start... Um, I suppose, doing their last few long runs, last few sessions, and then easing into that, that final week, heading into Cove. It was funny, I was out for a run this morning. Um, I went, my sister was here, Gillian, and um, we went up to um, Wollongong, um, oh, yeah. maybe down, down to Wollongong, I suppose, from where we are, which is, it's a good hour and a bit from Sydney, um, but we were staying a bit down the coast, so it was just 15 minutes away. But there was, it was just flatter trails in there. So if you were going to go for a run around in there and there was a really nice gravel path, but it had been raining so much that it was like torrential rain the last 24 hours. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> just massive puddles everywhere. And, you know, it, it, it eased off a little bit. We were waiting for this window of opportunity, you know, to, to get for a run or a walk or something and. Yep. Yeah, no, no, every like Irish fantastic. person knows that waiting for that bit of blue sky to appear and they go, let's go for it. And you do, I, I don't know, is it an Irish thing or not, but you do tend to see the sky brighten up a little bit and you're looking at it and you think, oh yeah, it's brightening up over there. And meanwhile, the rain is hammering off the car. <laughs> so it was so bad. I went out, for, Gillian stayed in the car and then I went out and I thought, you know what, I don't really feel like just jogging around here. So I'll get her to drive back. And I will run back to the house, which was um, at that point, I'd run about 20 minutes and it was 10K back. So I thought, that's not too bad. I'll just run back. And it was great because, you know, you run along the coast, but it's point to point. 
you don't have to come back again. You're continually moving forward. And it's one of the nicest type of runs that you can do is when you go on from A to B and you don't have to get to a point and turn around and come back. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I didn't know that you and Gillian ran together. I mean, obviously, that that's uh, she has been in touch with the show and uh, I met her in Cove. That's that's a new she was not a runner as a kid. This was this is something that she's come to later in life. This must be amazing. Um, nice thing for the no, two of you to meet up and do or does she not? We don't we don't run together. No, that's not a thing no, that happens. We, no, we go to a point and then we both start together or do something together. You know, right. so generally she walks. She did train and run a marathon um, a good few years ago before people trained for marathons. I think she just kind of I mean, she trained for it, but not at the in a kind of session type way, I don't think. I think she just okay. ran enough to prepare herself for the Gold Coast Marathon. I must find out how long it took her. Um, and so she did that and she ticked that off the bucket list and said, that's done and dusted. That's that done and dusted. Uh, and that's done and dusted, yes. Yeah. But we did actually go yesterday down to beside the beach and we did a gym session together, which was really nice. Oh, nice. And, and that's always good fun to do that with somebody. You know, you just do, it was just a, you know, body weights, you know, push up, dip lunges and all that kind of stuff few sit-ups um but to do it beside the sea was lovely yeah and that was your commitment last week when you recognized if you want to go back sonia as she said training for the cove 10 mile road race uh, on april 2nd that when you felt a little bit weak in the 10k that you ran that you were going to commit to some more gym work which for an awful lot of people is their bugbear this strength stuff is not something they enjoy doing but that's probably if we're looking for solutions to some of these things that's a bit of a life hack right there if you get a buddy to do it with you suddenly not oh, such a big deal absolutely i mean i can remember doing gym sessions with friends in london and you know once you commit to meeting somebody um it, it's just so much easier to do it mm. and i suppose in a way it's like when you start running you commit to meet somebody for a run you commit to doing it and you you've arranged to meet somebody so you're not going to let them down and they're not going to let you down yeah. Um, so I think for me, I love doing a bit of gym, but you can easily do it one early in the week and then forget about it. So my commitment this week, this week and the next few weeks was to be more consistent with the gym work. And it doesn't mean doing more, just doing, doing it more often. Um, and then also <laughs> one thing I was going to tell you about my run back today, I was pretty close to home and the bike path ended and you had to go up a big hill to, oh, to rejoin no. it. And I was at the bottom of the hill and I thought, oh, I'm walking up this hill. And then I remembered that I told everybody yes. last week to run up the hills. Told everybody to attack the hills. <laughs> I thought, damn, I better listen to myself here. And, and it was actually not bad at all. It's just, it's one of those mental things that, you know, you see something difficult and you kind of think, I know I've done enough now. I'll just take it, take it easy here. I'll walk up the hill. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so even I think that sometimes. And I was thinking, oh, these hills and cove are going to be hard. But you know what? You just put your head down, you move your arms, pick up your feet, and away you go. And suddenly you're there and you've got that lovely downhill to to enjoy. Yeah. And that is the other thing that if people are thinking, oh, maybe I'll do a last minute registration for cove. But God, it sounds hilly. The downhills are so much crack, including that run into the town they posted me <laughs> crossing the line last year. You've no idea how crazy you look. When you're crossing a line, yeah, until you see it on video, photos really don't do it justice. And when it comes to bugbears and pet peeves in running, so many of the ones that you guys sent in are things that uh, that only emerge over time once you're in this thing. 
but certainly uh, I had no idea two years ago, Sonia, that you'd have me running a marathon or literally nearly a month away from running the London Marathon, which is what I'm about to do. And when we spoke last week, I expressed my concern about picking up a bug or an illness or something this far out. And Vinny and yourself reassured me that now would be a good time for such a thing to happen, as long as it's not closer <laughs> to we the race. were rest. jinxing you, were we? <laughs> I think I jinxed myself. But nearly the moment after I hung up the uh, phone, went for my long run, and uh, the symptoms began of a little bit of man flu to start the, the week. Uh, and when I say that splitting headache and yeah, all the coughs and sneezes that come with it, took the time off and thought I was clear, but I really was amazed. And I, I don't know if this is a thing, Sonia, but can your fitness actually help you through a cold like that? Is that a thing? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're, I suppose you're living clean, you know, you're, you're keeping fit, you're eating clean, mm. then you're, even though you do get sick and it's, you get sick because there's some weakness in your immune system or you allow a bug to get in or, you know, maybe there's just small little chink in your armor, maybe because you had a big week and, you know, working hard, training hard. Sometimes it all catches up and you can do everything you possibly can to fight off something. And, you know, everybody gets sick. There's very few people don't get sick. Yeah. But I think how you recover from it can definitely be dependent on on your fitness and your ability to um to i suppose recover from the infection and allow your body to recover yeah the, the danger is that you don't allow yourself to recover and you you know you try to come back too soon and then it drags out a little bit too long so i think the i suppose the the thing that you can do that's really important is to give yourself an amount of time to say okay i'm going to take this five days here now and you know, hopefully by taking it easy and not pushing things and not trying to test, you know, every day, can I go for a run? Can I run a bit faster? Can I run a bit further? Just take five days where you're willing to nearly do nothing. You know, very little. Going out for a walk, getting a bit of fresh air, allowing yourself to recover. Then there's a greater chance that you will come back quicker than if you try to push through it, which I, I have done many times. Is you know you just you just fight it, and you're not fighting at all. You're actually having a full-on punch-on fight with the infection, mm, <laughs> and, wow. and it and it you know when it's at a stage where it can fight back, and so then you open yourself up to being more vulnerable, and then of course it can linger on for longer than you think, and that's when you know that's when you get in trouble. Whereas I think if you can get on top of it, take control of it pretty quickly. Um, and then build yourself back up, then you forget about it pretty soon because you'll get yourself back in feeling good again. You just have to reset and, you know, get yourself back on the routine at a, a lower level and then step it back up again. And I think we've had questions before about people who say, you know, if you have to take a bit of time off when you come back, do you jump straight in at the level you are at? Or do you build it up so that you don't lose time? And I think it's very important that you build it up gradually. And, you know, you don't have to start from zero, but you can take, you know, medium sized steps rather than giant sized steps to get yourself back, back on the train. And, and I think one day at a time, rather than looking at how much mileage am I running for the whole week or how big is the session that I'm doing? 
Yeah, super, super advice, because all of those thoughts were in my head at the time of the, the flu last week. And you, you just your head starts to swim a little bit. But of course, it was a double whammy. Not only did I get the flu on the Tuesday, uh, I thought I was right on the Thursday going to bed. I was clicking my heels getting into bed going, this is so great. Can you believe it? I shook a cold in three days. <laughs> And I put my head on the pillow and was like, oh, I don't feel I don't feel super now. This is usually the bit where you get to relax. And uh, vomiting bug took over at about midnight and ran for the next six hours. And that that I'm sure you've experienced that too, Sonia. And a vomiting bug just completely it's like it wipes the hard drive. And uh, I had no option but to get through it and get through the two shows that I had in London. But it it left me with very little running done last week. But I will be taking on board all of your advice there and the advice of Vinnie Mulvey, who we'll hear from later on in the show to avoid the panic and to avoid that stress, which I'm sure people do find one of the reasons why they probably don't run marathons is because the emotional turmoil and the stress of something like this happening is probably with a busy life too much to bear. But uh, let's talk about some of these bugbears. You introduced the first one to me. It's the two-stepper. The two-stepper who is trying to stay ahead of you by two steps when you're attempting to go on a run as a duo. Now, that's very specific, isn't it? But it is a very specifically annoying thing that you identified. Uh, Why does that bother you so much, Sonia? And why is this your bugbear? Well, I, I haven't experienced it for a while now, so <laughs> I, I don't I don't get hung up on these things. You know, it's a, every now and then if, if you experience something negative on a run. And I suppose the more you run, the more people you run with, the more you notice these things. And also, I think things that annoy you or bother you, like someone two-stepping you, which is kind of like, you know, oh, but they're talking to you, but they're talking back at you rather than talking <laughs> across to you. Yes. Um, I think things, anything along those lines, they're generally going to annoy you more when you get tired. And, you know, you're just kind of just doing as much as you can to get through this run. And then someone is kind of, maybe that maybe they're a bit fitter than you. Maybe they, maybe they're just, that's just how they run. Mm-hmm. Some people just run like that and they just feel like they've got to always be, I suppose, pushing the pace a little bit and always feel like they're actually doing something rather than sitting back and relaxing. And I think if you sit back and relax on a run, then you're less likely to be in front of someone than behind them. And I think you're being very generous there. For anybody who will go on a run with you and run two steps ahead of you all the time, either is a taxi driver who likes looking over their shoulder and talking to people. Or somebody who's trying to prove a point. You are not going fast enough for me. That's why I would find this annoying. And maybe you are, are you just being diplomatic here and going, yeah, maybe that's just how they run. It's, it's <laughs> super annoying. It, it is annoying. But, you know, it, but then what's really weird is it's not a disgust annoyance. You know, you would never you would rarely tell someone. Yeah. Listen, get back here. Yeah, stop. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the only the only way you can sort someone out like that is to start running really slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave them off. Or, or, and, I think, or, and I think I have done that in the past. And I've said, listen, if you want to run faster, that's fine. But 
I just want to run easy. Yeah, or start a podcast <laughs> the and then you can complain about them and hopefully they listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first one that came in was Michael Kelly said, uh, runners who don't acknowledge other runners, not even not. We're all in it together, comrades. This is a, this is a point that we discussed really early on in the series. It's like, do you say hello? Do you not say hello? I, I can understand it when people don't nod to you or wave to you when they're in the middle of clearly doing a rep of some sort. But is this a bugbear for you? The people, Because I know you're a big helloer. You pretty much say hello to everyone. Bikes, dog walkers. You you will say morning to, to everyone you <laughs> well, that's, pass. That's my big problem is I say good morning to everybody and then I go out in the evening and I still say good morning. Yeah. <laughs> you get some strange looks. But, um, Yes, um, I think the thing is, you only notice it when pe- someone doesn't say, acknowledge you back. Um, I think, you know, when you, when someone says good morning back, you just kind of smile and you keep going and, you know, you forget about it. But if you say good morning to someone and maybe it's how they react or how they don't react. Like yeah. They're looking at you strange or they totally blank you. and you. <laughs> but then there there is people out there with a lot of headphones on too. <laughs> they have no idea what's going on in the world. Well, so, it's also um, it's also geographic, right? Like there are certain parts of the world where saying hello to somebody is seen as weird. <laughs> and I won't go into the different places. You guys know the places I'm talking about. It tends to be more metropolitan areas where people are already a little bit locked into their own world. I'm sorry for giving it away by doing the accent <laughs> where I see it an awful lot. But it definitely, uh, if you see somebody in Irish gear, I definitely find that, you know, I'm guaranteed a hello here from this person. Um, the, the pedestrian etiquette, though, was the next one that came flying in and loads of these from people who walk out of shops on their phone or uh, are on the footpath and won't pick a side or are with their dog on a long lead on a running path these like these these have to be these have to kill you too Sonny because it's just general kind of lack of care or thought for anybody else that's <laughs> at the centre of these ones well, it's a bit like driving and bikes, isn't it? I think if you drive and you're a cyclist, then you notice cyclists on the road more than if you don't cycle. So if you run and you're out walking with your dog or you're wandering along, then you notice runners. Whereas I think people who are not runners, they don't always notice runners and they don't notice how fast they're going or realize how fast they're going. So they don't know how to get out of the way. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so Again, I think- you're so nice to these people. Peter Clark says no. <laughs> Peter Clark says pedestrians leaving shops, they'll they'll see you coming. He thinks it's it's intentional. <laughs> he says they'll see you coming. <laughs> they'll wait. And just as you're about to go past, they'll look you in the eye. <laughs> And step out in front of you. Now, I don't know if that's the case everywhere, but Peter Clark thinks that there is a certain amount of divilment in some of what they're doing. I would I would be inclined to agree with you, Sonia. There is some of it is they don't know. Well, what does the runner want? What side am I meant to be on here? What is the etiquette? Well, it depends what country you're in, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you go right or left? And then, you know, is it by do you, I don't know, which side do you go on? If you're, yeah. I mean, a lot of bike paths and running paths, they'll be marked. So they'll show you which side you should be on. 
Mm. But what's really, I find really interesting is when you change country. So if you're in um, America, I think you run on the right. And if you're in Europe, in Ireland, you run on the left. And in Europe, I don't know what you do there. You would probably be on the right as well, if it goes with the traffic laws. And then you you kind of get it in your head. And then when you switch countries, you go on the, the opposite side. Yeah, it is. Do you ever find this? It's like it's a magnetic thing. It's it's a bit like when you rent a car and the wind wipers and the um, indicators are on, you know, they're on opposite sides. Yeah, they're, they're, And it takes you a bit of time to to work that out. And then by the time you've worked it out, you've gone back to your own car. And yeah. then, then yeah. you go on the opposite again and you're thinking, ah, I've like converted. <laughs> now I need to convert back. And I find the same thing on running paths and I think it, the, the, the place where it's most important is if you're actually running on a bike path I think because that's where it's dangerous I think pedestrians you can kind of get around that and I think the faster person is the one who needs to be the one who's more mobile than the slower one um, yeah dogs on leads can be a tricky one particularly those long extended leads Yeah, um, I mean. they're no fun at all I mean I think if someone has a dog on an extended lead then they should definitely like freeze it so no, the dog can't look, go uh, any further. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that's an area that came up in some of these messages that we received. And I could really identify it in the same way as you would see the parent whose child is tearing apart the restaurant and they're looking at them going, oh, isn't he terrible? And you're going, yeah, he is. He's being terrible. Can you keep a hold on him? Uh, those with the dogs seem to find their dog endlessly entertaining and that it's it's kind of funny that he's such a wanderer he really gets into things doesn't he yeah like he's i nearly killed myself because of your dog and there's no way of getting that through to people because they're so in love with the animal and they think that the dog should be free this is free his free time pedestrian walkways though as you say there is no code there's no highway code for these pedestrian walkways or run paths but when it comes to the track which is our next lot of pet peeves there is right and you know that there's a or correct me if i'm wrong there's actually an international understanding of what you do and you don't do down at the track yeah there's generally rules of the track but there's also rules of the bike path i mean you keep right or you keep left depending which country you're in i mean there's definitely I mean, yeah. you might think it's an unwritten rule, but I think in general, it's a pretty, it's a, yeah, they're, they're not so strict about it in Ireland, I don't think. People mm, float I along. think that, yeah, that there might be, there, <laughs> there might be a, a rule somewhere on it, but yeah. but people but walking think, the dogs then, think that, well, I'm on it too now. This is a bike and footpath. It's one where the line the is blurred. It is blurred, but the thing is, I think you have to look at it from lots of different angles because it is, if it's a shared path, then you've got to work it out between you. Who, you know, who yeah. has the right of way? Would you let a roar? Uh, would Would you be inclined to go on your right or anything like that when when you're coming? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like if I need to get past, and there's like, I mean, it's generally not a problem unless there's a big group of people and they're taking up the whole path, mm. and then you say on your right, on your right or on your left, whichever, whichever is the easiest one to get around, you know, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really bad with my right and left. I think if you're in America, they generally will always say on your right, because they keep right. Mm. 
and then they get a bit they get a bit narky if you're actually on the left. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you think you're you think you're in the right because you're keeping in yeah, you're so shouting you're keeping, i'm in the right here but you're keeping in but you're keeping in on the wrong side <laughs> well seamus mcintyre got in touch with the first one of these straight in like a bullet and he goes when you're on the track and people don't move out of lane one when sprinters or runners are doing a session that's a that's a killer and a mistake I've made at a session with you and Rob Heffernan uh, in Irish Town once. No clue of such a rule, but obviously lane one is reserved for the faster runners. Now that doesn't you would think that that's a that that's just standard. But I'm told from Neil McLaughlin, he comes in and says, now this might be specific to Asia, but at the track in where he lives. There will always be people walking backwards around it. And by that I mean physically walking backwards so they can't see where they're going. So what do you watch out for and what do you say to these people in this situation? It's Neil's, Neil McLaughlin's pet peeve. And I think he might be the only one who recognises this as his biggest problem in running as backwards walkers. Have you ever in your life seen that, Sonia? Well, backwards walkers, as in walking, actually walking actually backwards or going wrong? walking backwards, not looking over their shoulder on a running track. What, in lane one? <laughs> he doesn't say lane they, one, but he says... They're this just is, asking for trouble then, aren't they? Yeah, and he seems to think that this is an Asia-specific <laughs> thing. Uh, but I have certainly never heard of that. That's, that's one of the more peculiar ones uh, that came in. We've got a bunch more to get through, and we'll do that in the second half. Yeah, I think, of our but show. The, when when you talk about the track, the track there, I think that some people need to be educated. So, and I think once you're educated, then once you ac- acknowledge the education, <laughs> like some people refuse to acknowledge the education because they kind of think, well, no, I can use this track. I can do what I like here. Yeah, but I think you have to be nice about it, and you know, I think. If you're running on the inside and you think you're running fast, then that's fine as long as you keep in hmm. and yeah. you don't get in the way. And I think that so it's a, there's a passing zone then. Mm-hmm. So you just, you know, you don't just wander out. And I think that's the I mean, the, the biggest thing with a track is that, you know, someone's going to get injured if you run into somebody. So you're not doing it from, you know, I'm using the track and I'm faster than you. So get out of my way. It's, you know listen, I'm going a bit faster, I might run into you and you'd get injured <laughs> and I'll get injured too. So yeah. let's just help each other here. Yeah, and also you have to think to yourself when you're listing out your pet peeves from running, you know, what is the other side of this? You know, am I a cranky runner? <laughs> um, like, is the, <laughs> is the pedestrian going, look, I'm just out for my day. You're trying to go fast. Like, that's not more important than me being out for my day. And probably... At the other side of this episode, hopefully we're all going to walk away going, yeah, maybe I do need to be a bit more considerate. Some of these and the ones that we have coming up are less understandable and just just in the realm of, oh, oh Lord, I wish we could make that go away. The one that I definitely need to talk about is slagging the Apple Watch, uh, running snobbery. Of course, the dreaded we stops and uh, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> The tr- the actual race bugbears where in races or in marathon, half marathons, 
race organisers. All of this is coming up in the second half of our show over on patreon.com forward slash Abroad. We've tons and tons and tons of episodes over there for you to enjoy and long form interviews with some of the greatest Irish athletes to have ever lived, including Katrina McKeon. And of course, there's a big Sonia interview over there. There's a massive Rob Heffernan episode, Dervil O'Rourke and many, many more come over for the price of a pint each month and enjoy the full archive of Irishman Abroad on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Have you encountered a lot of running snobs over the years? Um, not particularly, no. But that's because I, you I, are I, the running snob, Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't encounter snobbery. I suppose you just have, it's not, I, I, I don't know, snob is too, um, too grand a word. Uh, no, hold on. Like so, well, last week you said you wouldn't be beaten by a man wearing a flowery shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that, that was just inspiring me to, you know, be motivated. <laughs> oh, yeah. to 